Hey everybody, welcome back to the Tea Connection podcast. It's Loria Mirella. And uh, today we're going to talk about something really interesting. There's some controversy around an OnlyFans account um, that I think hasn't hit the news in Brazil, right, Mirella? I don't think so. I haven't seen or read anything about it, but actually today I was really offline. So tell me, yeah. tell me all about it. Okay, so this blew up over the weekend. Basically, there's this platform called OnlyFans um, where, you know, there's a lot of creators on it. It used to be used primarily by sex workers. Now, I mean, like, you know, cam girls and people who um, want to create and monetize like content related to sexuality. And now lots of people use it, including celebrities. And I think there's just general interest content creators that go on OnlyFans because it's like much easier to monetize than YouTube, for example. Um, so anyway, there's basically there was this article in the New York Post over the weekend that was outing uh, a young woman who is like in her earlier mid 20s or something like that, who's a paramedic. And it's like it was like shocking headline. You know, this EMT actually has an OnlyFans account and it had like the sexy picture of her or something. And Jesus. everyone's obviously defending her because it's such a ridiculous article um, to do. Because like, who cares? You know what I mean? Um, but tell me, but they tell, were basically. Tell me something. Yeah. So OnlyFans is like a, a platform for creators and they have like individual subscriptions. So I can subscribe and pay directly to the creators. It's like yeah, more direct. Yes, there's multiple ways you can make money on it. You can tip creators. They can create like a subscription um, product where you get exclusive access to certain types of content. So you get much more freedom on OnlyFans than you do on YouTube where you have to jump through a bunch of hoops in order to activate your channel to be able to monetize um, the videos and take a share of the ad revenue that Google gets from what you do. I already like it. Yeah, it's well, so then the issue with um, with all things on the Internet, if you will allow, allow me to get nerdy for a while since I, you know, I paid attention to this stuff before um, they it's really hard to there, basically like there are a lot of legal liabilities attached to posting sex related content online. And it's hard for platforms to have bank accounts and get loans and do all the normal things that a web company would do simply because there's sexual content on their website. So because of that, they operate on sort of like a parallel economy where they've got their own vendors and service providers that are willing to like play ball with um, a company that has sex, sex related content. And then because of that, they tend to take a bigger commission on things that wouldn't cost as much if you were on like patreon or something you know what okay, i mean okay i see yeah so so like if you were on any regular platform and you were doing non-sexual content stuff about technology for example um you would be able to get the market rate so you know patreon has competitive pricing they don't take that much of a percentage off of your earnings but then when you go on something like OnlyFans, and i don't know what OnlyFans rates are but if you go on websites like that as far as I know, the commission tends to be a little bit higher, which is like not really fair, but it also just kind of is part of, you know, what happens when you, you know, ghettoize an entire segment of the Internet and think that, you know, separate it from the mainstream infrastructure. Yeah, I see. So, so yeah, I mean, like, I, mean, I think that OnlyFans at this point is pretty mainstream. Like lots of people are on it consuming content. A lot of people are creating content. 
And, and like now, this, now it's it's not only uh, more restricted to sex content. You you could basically see anything there. Yeah, I mean, it was never restricted to sex content, but it just happened to be. I think like a lot of things on the internet, the yeah. you know, sex workers lead the way. You know, yeah. it was a, it was popularized by by sex workers. Um, there was actually some controversy about it um, over the pandemic. I don't remember when there was a celebrity that started an account, made a big deal, and then basically like got a bunch of people to subscribe to her OnlyFans, and then didn't really give anything special that wasn't already on Instagram <laughs> <laughs> and and everyone said it was kind of like a I, I don't I don't remember what term they used but but it was also you know a lot of people were annoyed by it because they felt that you know she was just um sort of like 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 taking something that had been built up by sex workers and then like you know kind of um yeah tarnishing the reputation of that product you know I actually don't remember the details of that controversy, but you know, it's been OnlyFans has definitely been in the news and a lot of people use it. So Yeah, I've seen so. it I've seen it around. Like I've glanced it online, but I never I never really entered it or know exactly what it was about. So thank you for illuminating me. <laughs> so what happened yes, this weekend? So yeah, there was this headline was just it was basically and, and this is funny because I used to work in tabloid newspapers as in I worked at the Daily News, you know, and mm -hmm. and they jump on things that they feel are controversial, you know, and mm -hmm. so and th some reporters basically found out that this woman who is uh, an EMT, she's a paramedic. I don't know if she works on an actual ambulance, but she's like an emergency first responder type person. Mm -hmm. And obviously those people now because of COVID are like, you know, in our eyes, heroes. And yeah. they found out that she had an OnlyFans. And I can already picture the conversation in the newsroom. They thought, wow, this is such a juicy story. This paramedic is like, you know, kind of selling her body on the Internet. Like, right. So she's got like these sexy pictures on the Internet. And she's not even trying to hide it. And they made this um, kind of like a big deal out of it. And according to what she has posted now on she has a gofundme page and she kind of tries to explain herself she says that the reporter called her acted friendly and you know asked her a bunch of questions and then surprised her with the angle of like hey we're doing a story about the fact that you have an only fans and she was upset and she asked them not to run it with her real name she asked to be anonymous she um you know, she said that she was worried about losing her job and they were basically like, look, we're, we just want your side of the story. We're going to run it anyway. Oh, and, my God. And okay. they did. And, you know, like that's the type of tactic where you can be a little you might be more sympathetic with the reporter if it was like a bad guy, you know, like if there was somebody doing something that was actually wrong. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and but but this, you know, cl clearly this was not the case. I think a lot of people are, you know, defending her. But I have things to say about that, too. But like you know basically this article came out and everyone just was like how terrible of a decision was that for you guys to like go and do this article even though she asked you not to no one cares no one thinks that anything she did was wrong or shameful you know what i mean so yeah. that was kind of the big well i bet some people some people do <laughs> well yes right? and so in her in her GoFundMe page, she does say, and she doesn't explain it that much, but she says so that she made, a lot of people are she, trying to tell her how to live her life. She made the GoFundMe page after the 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 post ran the story. 
she says, um, according to what I read, she said that she had shared her story about what happened with like a group of people she's friendly with on Facebook and they were very supportive and they wanted to give her money. So mm-hmm. she set up the GoFundMe page so that people could send money to her and now it's become like a sensation. Lots of people are are going on there. Let me actually see. Let me see how much she has as of right now. I think she raised last time I had checked she had raised something like $23,000. Oh, wow, that's she's amazing. She's up to $76,000 now. That's amazing. Good for her. Yeah, seriously. And but 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 the thing is I feel bad I hope, for her because I I hope yeah. she haven't lost her job. She according to the articles she has not, but they did call her to talk about it. Oh my god. I know. So she must have been, I mean, if I imagine being like overworked and underpaid, like an emergency responder in the middle of a pandemic, losing your job. Yeah. Just crazy. Right. And so it's just ridiculous that this even happened. It's such a waste of everyone's time. But I also feel kind of bad for her because she sounds like even though people are defending her, the tone of the way people defend her is so annoying. There's people who are like, Oh, she must have been so desperate that she had to do this. You know what I mean? But that's that's like, I mean, maybe she was. Maybe she personally, as an individual, would not like to be on OnlyFans. But she could have done it for fun. Exactly. You know, like people, there are people who there are people who are on OnlyFans and love it. And and so the idea that like you can only do that because you're desperate for money is like so ridiculous. And also, I think just as just as negative as an article shaming her for it you yeah know? i agree um, and, and now, also i mean yeah. there are many angles to that first of all the easiest one if it was a guy it wouldn't draw this attention i mean there wouldn't actually be a story about it to start with and then mm. this thing that you said like poor girl what she has to do maybe she likes it Mm-hmm. And she shouldn't be ashamed at all. But how? Exactly. Tell me, tell me. Uh, I mean, <laughs> how are the picture? How how this the content on OnlyFans is different than the content in Instagram? Do they allow like nipples? Is it super explicit? Do you know? Yeah, you can post sexual videos on OnlyFans. But like sexual, like sex. I think so, but so you know, I shouldn't oh, not I shouldn't speak incorrectly because I'm actually not on OnlyFans. I'm a pretty like I don't even have like uh, I do watch porn, but I have not registered for OnlyFans. Let me actually sign up for it right now just to <laughs> just so that I can speak truthfully. I'll do the same. Is it up. is it an app or a website? Let me see. Both. Um, I mean, I want to say that it's. There's, I don't think there's any problems with explicit content on there. I know people post nudes. I don't know if it's a big platform for porn. Um, mm-hmm. So, because it tends to be, I think people, you know, they follow, um, they'll follow you and you can, you might put suggestive photos free and then make a premium tier where people can see nude photos, stuff like that.
Okay, so you can sign in using Twitter. I'm signing up as well. Let's see. It's also like, I think, I feel like it's so mainstream at this point that there's so much content on it that's like, it's there's a lot of diverse content on it, all kinds of things, you know? It's so hard. I, I mean, I feel such an old lady in these new platforms because I don't know how to use them anymore. <laughs> the first thing that this happens to me was with Snapchat. I downloaded Snapchat and I didn't, I didn't, it just couldn't use it. Oh, I see it now. Okay. So there are some free content. There's definitely pornographic content on there. I just don't know how popular it is for people to be posting like traditional porn that you might find on Pornhub on there, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's this OnlyFans is not the only site like this. There used to be a few different ones and there would be a lot of um, you know, like cam girls would go on there. Yeah. So, and I think people that you know, it's kind of People like that these days because it's more genuine and real than watching like a staged, um, mm -hmm. you know, like highly produced porn video. Oh, they even have fitness videos. It's look, it looks like a lot of butts, <laughs> but they have fitness videos as well. Okay. They have everything. It's not, it's not just sexual content. Like I said, there's yeah. people, I think there's people who do like cooking videos Who know. And okay. it's kind of, I think what's cool about it is like sex workers led the way. Now it's more mainstream and it is accomplishing what a lot of like tip based um, content platforms were never really able to do, you know? Yeah. There were, there were lots of, um, I mean, th there are platforms that still exist where you can go and watch people live and, and tip them and stuff. And I know that sex workers did try to use those platforms as well, but they would get kicked off because there were like terms of use that prohibited sexual content. Do you think- Which I still think is ridiculous. Did they grow during the pandemic? I'm, I'm guessing fans? like people are, yeah, people are at home. Yes, exactly. Okay. That's basically their story. Like they sort of, they were already getting pretty big and then because of the pandemic, they blew up. Yeah, cool, okay. So, I mean, I think that it's just, I think that what, what is interesting to me is that I think five years ago, you know, as recently as five years ago, there were, there would probably still be a lot of people who would still defend her, but would also feel a little bit, you know, would also shame her. And I feel like it's so universal that people are defending her, that it's great. It's like such a nice development, you know, like, yay, we've advanced a little bit as a society. Yeah, exactly. At the same time, a lot of the people that feel sorry for her are also, it's, it's also bad, you know? And I, and I, I can tell from, I, it's really impossible to know whether or not um, she's, you know, she's telling her, her story because she feels pressure to tell people that, you know, I, you know she says that she has to work three jobs. It's true. They underpay um, um, paramedics for sure in the city. Um, but it's really not clear whether she does this unwillingly or if she, you know, if she wanted to do it and it was a it was a fun way for her to make money. It's impossible to say because, 
you know, she's telling the story like that she didn't want to be on OnlyFans, but it's like, of course she had to say that. Her, yeah. you know what I mean? Like now, now she's a public figure unwillingly, which is not fair to her. Everyone's watching her. Who knows, like, you know, who in her life is saying what? Because, you know, we all have prudes in our families and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so it's just like, now she has to justify herself to people, you know? And like, who, who wants to do that? Like, I never want to be put in a position where... I have to defend my actions to someone who's it's none of their business what I do. Yeah. And I mean, um, feeling sorry for her actually comes from the same place for people who criticize her for doing that. Right. Yeah. There's, there's a, there's an element of like, it is true that I think regardless of the job, the fact that a person who in a pandemic is one of the people who's on the front lines of saving people yeah. has to work multiple jobs just to survive yeah. is like, it's a story like all of everyone is dealing with that. Um, and it's a story worth telling, but the, but the headlines in her defense that emphasize how she must be so desperate like that to me is condescending. I hate that, you know? Yeah. So just sad. And slut shaming women, it's the worst. Yeah, and like if it were a guy, people wouldn't wouldn't be doing that. It's not you know, there are no shameful jobs at all. But it it's really hard. It's really hard and like we can we can go to the discussion about the that EMT workers are under underpaid, the needs of the medical community right now, but also I agree with you, like saying oh she didn't make enough money, maybe she she was enjoying it, and that's perfectly mm -hmm. okay, right? Yeah. Yeah. So tell me, so tell I'm me, uh, as, a, as a journalist, I, I am curious about it. When I write a story about someone or about something, where is the ethical uh, line drawn in having the person like agree to the story? Um, how does that work? So there are different levels of standards um mine are pretty high on in this regard in terms of like so so typically you're supposed to, whenever you're talking to like a powerful person for example the the head of a company or a government official and you identify yourself as a reporter mm -hmm. um you assume that it's understood that everything that that person says is on the record unless mm -hmm. they say otherwise um and so what this and what this does it, is it protects the reporter and the readers and the viewers or whomever from um, from powerful people lying or saying something wrong or or getting caught saying something that they shouldn't have said, for example, and then saying, oh, never mind. This is off the record. I don't want you to write that. Right. Because everyone will say that if they if they tell you something, you're not supposed to know. Yeah. Um, and and the understanding is that if a person is in a position of power then they have to be held accountable for what they say. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, like they can't, you, you, you shouldn't bend the rules for them. But 
when it's a person who's not in a position of power, it gets much more of a gray area because, um, you know, lots of people can lose their job for misspeaking. And a lot of people like that who are not the heads of big companies and stuff have never been trained to talk to reporters. So um, sometimes they'll say things and endanger themselves without realizing it and not realize that they were supposed to say this is off the record before you started talking to them. So then then you have to make a judgment call and um, and it, and it kind of you kind of have to weigh the 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 benefits of you know basically like let's say you're on a story you're trying to expose a company for doing something really 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 bad and then the only way that you were able to prove it is that you talked to some people in that company who told you something you weren't supposed to know right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then what do you do are you supposed to protect them and whatnot um, you should like reporters I think good reporters will um, sort of protect whistleblowers you know what I mean they'll protect yeah. their sources if somebody says I can't talk to you because I'm going to lose my job and you are after the truth and you're like look I need evidence that this is happening will you give it to me um, then you will go the extra mile to protect those people you know um, but that's because they're not the CEOs and they you know what I mean so so they're they're not responsible for the problem in other mm-hmm. words you know and if, if any source or interviewee says that they want to remain anonymous I mean you should right Tech- because she she said she wanted to be anonymous, right? Yeah, and it's unclear from what she says when she said that. So there is an interpretation of the ethical code where you can say, well, you can't tell me retroactively that you wanted to talk anonymously because when we started this conversation, mm-hmm. you said that you, you didn't say that. But sh- the way she's telling the story, she's accusing the reporter of tricking her, mm-hmm. which is possible to be true but it's also possible that i mean it's also very likely that she's just not media savvy and so she doesn't know the rules right so when i and as a as a as a reporter myself like i would i'm always very conscious of that i know that most people don't understand how we do what we do yeah so so i i always set the rules up front i'll tell them like listen you know this is on the record whatever whatever because i don't want people to um I, I'm, I don't want people to be confused or surprised that they ended up getting quoted in, 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 in a major publication without realizing that that's what was happening. Yeah. So there's, um, there's a separate ep- ethical code that's kind of related, which is like no surprises, which means even if, and then even if after all of this, somebody tells me all this stuff, they never told me they wanted to be anonymous, but they also never... They, they also may not know that I'm going to use the, the material um, before something's published. I'll still call them. I'll be like, listen, you said this. I just want to make sure I didn't misunderstand. A, that's fact checking. And also, I want you to I want you to be aware that this is probably going to be, you know, in the newspaper tomorrow or something. Yeah. Right. So people know. And that that's just that's just good practice um, in part because sometimes, you know, you might have misinterpreted something somebody said. So you need to fact check. Um, yeah. But the other thing is just so that like you're not you're not like, you know, putting something out there when somebody had no idea what was happening. Mm-hmm. So, I yeah, mean, with her, and, it's, and I, have I don't to know say, if that's what happened. I mean, most of the people I know, um, they wouldn't know how to give an interview. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I have worked in the media industry for a long time. Like I wouldn't know but not in newsroom on the business side, but I wouldn't know where I would have to say, 
like this is off the record or this is anonymous, you know? Like so if I'll you're tell not, you now, this if is, you're not media, free media training for you. Yeah, if but you if, are ever talking to a reporter, you some, have to say it at the beginning. Yeah. There's no, uh, th I mean, you you would be depending on the ethics of the reporter that you're talking to. Mm -hmm. If you say it in the middle and say, you know what, I'm just realizing now that my boss would really fire me if you publish any of the stuff that I said. Can you can you not put my name on this? Mm -hmm. Then you would be. I mean, y it would just depend on the judgment of the person you're talking to. And mm -hmm. I know reporters who would actually um, publish things that you say are off the record anyway. And even if you could, you even if you could get them to admit that they were wrong, it's too late because it's already out there. Yeah, exactly. So, personally, I know that I have. Um, I mean, I'm not a reporter anymore. When I was a reporter, I would not, um, I would practice the no surprises policy very strictly because that's how I, the type of person that I am. But mm -hmm. I know colleagues who have broken that promise. And so if I were on the other side of the, the microphone and I was the one being interviewed, I would not trust the person. Yeah. To be totally honest. Yeah, so this so, yeah. is, I mean, there is this, of course. Um, that she didn't want to have this exposure. And also, like, I feel a sense of, oh, I feel so disgusted about the, the, the choice to publish this story, you know? It's such a violation of a person's, like... So, so here's another thing. In, me, in the, the principle of media law is that individuals who are not in the public eye should their privacy should be more protected than public figures and like companies and and yeah. elected officials and public figures right so she was a she's a private citizen who's just living her life risking her life every day doing the work that she does and they violated her privacy she you know she says that she begged the reporter not to publish this um and just the just the thought of some of some guy <laughs> who like had this 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 young woman like asking him to please not risk her job um and then he just did it anyway that's just so disgusting to me it is and for what <laughs> you know it's not even a good story no, that's the, that's like the dumbest thing of all yeah you know? it's for it's for i don't know it's like, like oh, shocking! Someone no, and put it sexy isn't photos on the internet. Where have they been for the last fifty years? <laughs> exactly, and and like it's not something that would make his career. Not that it this would justify, you know. But it's just like so pointless. It's just for slut shaming a woman, just for that. Yeah, and and you know what's even worse is that like when when reporters publish articles in something like the New York Post it's not just one person making that decision there's a whole chain of people who signed exactly. off on the story edited the story decided where the story should run yeah you know and none of those people thought this is not a good idea or this is not a good story yeah just so so much stupidity and um Talking about uh, pornography content online. Also, last week there was a story about Pornhub. On the oh, time, what was the story? 
Um. What was the story? It was uh, about the videos of because Pornhub they have the same principle as YouTube, so they are not held responsible for whatever is on their website, and they have a terrible way of curating content. So they had online videos of um, minors exploitation and even assault, and they were making money out of it. So the story is super shocking. And um, I guess after the story was on, Pornhub removed like 8 million videos from, from its platform. Uh, I'm seeing the stories now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there, you know, this is, this goes down to like, you know, the need to, it's, it's, it's very hard to prove that a company is or isn't trying its best to filter the content on its site. Yeah. Because, you know, most of us are not tech savvy enough to understand the code that goes into the back on back end of these platforms. And I think a lot of people do. Um, overestimate the power that they have in terms of filtering. Like filtering technology is really just not that good, right? Like yep. you can try to capture all the potentially problematic videos and then you need human beings to review them. So when you get to the scale of like YouTube or Pornhub, that's a lot of content, right? Yep. And so so, so I, I understand the difficulty, but at the same time I've worked in the tech industry and I also know that um, some companies are they they either don't try hard enough because the costs are too high and they don't want to you know decrease their margins or they in, in not in the case of like um like illegal content like like you know child porn or pornography or whatever um in the cases of things like counterfeit goods and stuff i know that there are companies who will just say, oh, well, it's too hard to filter everything and it's not our responsibility and sort of hide behind that safe harbor law yeah. um, because it because they profit from it. You know, it's 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 like if they if they really did police like all the counterfeits on um, an e-commerce website that for which the, those counterfeit goods um, make up, you know, 50 percent of their sales, then they're obviously not going to pull them all down overnight because then their 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 revenue would plummet and if they're publicly listed companies they'll get punished in the market for it yeah so so it's like a perverse incentive that they keep doing these this like illegal stuff or whatever or keep yeah. allowing illegal things to happen on their platform so it's like hard so i and it's and it's so it's like how do you prove that someone's trying the best that they can yeah, Can and you they even do that, right? Yeah, and, and this is how they grow, right? Whether we want it or not, this is how they grow. Yeah, but I mean, obviously, you know, it's like kitty porn is not acceptable, so you know they really need to fix that if that's really something happening on their on their site. Yeah. Um, so you know, but but there's also there's also this is also a sticky topic because um, if you follow American politics their um, basically pedophilia, child pornography, sex trafficking, and things of that nature are often used as um, sort of like umbrella causes to yeah. get legislation passed. So um, there, there has been, you know, I won't go into all this because this could be like a whole, <laughs> a whole other subject, but, but there have been, you know, pushes that are across the aisle, like bipartisan efforts um, to to block 
you know, to basically stifle any type of sexual content on any type of website, which is part of the reason why, as I told you before, OnlyFans and, and, and companies like that are sort of pushed into the shadows um, because people like to zero in on sort of like some of the some of the really terrible things that happen on the Internet and then hold platforms accountable for them. And you, they treat it with like a sort of unnuanced perspective and then they're stifling creation basically and publication and they're censoring a lot of content because people lump all sexuality together into one big category and it's not because there's plenty of good sexual content right that's just normal that everyone consumes and then there's like the terrible horrible disgusting illegal stuff that happens um but people just want to put it all in the same category and ban it yeah you know what i mean yeah i agree so it's really it's really it's like just hard to to figure out what to do and then and then when you've got human beings who are reviewing the content who sets the standards right because everybody's standard for what's acceptable and what isn't acceptable yeah exactly is, that's is very different. hard and especially when we talk about these like open-ended it's not a form right a youtube video or a porn video it's not right. the lines are not clear yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, um, I mean, just as a person who is also like, you know, I, I follow a lot of people that like artists, for example, that, um, create sexual imagery, you know, in their illustrations and people who people, people get shut, their accounts shut down all the time over things like that because, there are people who are offended by that. And then there's like the rest of us who are just like, that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I just, it's, it's like, I don't know what the answer is. I feel like it would be kind of cool if, um, if like, you know, YouTube and Facebook, uh, and all these guys just allowed people to self identify as explicit content and then just blocked, you know, people under 18 from viewing them. And then, you know, adults and then maybe like adults could choose not to see explicit content if they find it offensive. Yeah. Because I don't think that it's right to censor the entire Internet for the sake of like, a you know what I mean? A minority. I don't know if they're actually a minority, but but we shouldn't always go to the most conservative standards just because it's the least offensive thing. Yeah. To me, um I mean, I know it's not how the internet works I'm, 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 and how people work in general. But to me, usually my standard is, you know, stop following what you don't like. Because there are other things that I find to be much more offensive than sex content. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, as long as it's consensual, I don't find any yeah. sex, sexual content to be offensive at all. It's like... And, and you could choose not to see it, but you're so right. Like, just, just don't, just don't follow it, you know, don't yeah. watch it. But I think, um, Brazil might be a little bit like this too, because there are a lot of, uh, religious and evangelical yes, people super, in Brazil that are very conservative. Yeah. It's super conservative. Like I know it um, might be shocking for some people, but Brazil is super conservative. Yeah, and we should clarify for people that we I'm we mean like small C conservative, not like the conservative party or conservative yeah, exactly. political affiliations. But like yeah, it's just um like on the behavior. Like, yeah, very Catholic, very religious. Yes, and in yeah. the US it's a very puritanical society. 
um, people, even even the most open-minded people, when it comes to like their own children, they'll be like, wait, but sex is bad. I don't want my kids to be like exposed to sexuality too early and whatever. Um, and of course, like I'm not promoting like sexualizing children, but there is like age appropriate ways to teach children about nature and life. Um, that's not it's not wrong like nudity for example yeah people americans are so weird about nudity and at least that's not the case like in brazil it's not really abnormal for a little kid like a little baby to like run around their house naked that's normal you know yeah because and in most countries that's normal because like they're little kids no one you know you're not supposed to sexualize them um in the u.s any type of nudity is really frowned upon like breastfeeding in public is frowned upon it's it's changing a little bit now, but not not enough, you know? Yeah. Um, and also, like, educating kids and talking about it, you know, it actually helps kids to protect themselves from the weirdos and the criminals, you know, when they know what are their body parts and... You know, they can they can defend themselves. They can report if something happens. Whether if you don't talk about it, if you don't discuss it, they won't even be able to say if something, if someone touches them, for example. Yeah, and that's that's actually something that I think I think we add to the trauma of sexual harassment and things like that, which are already bad enough because you're getting violated by another person. But we make it so much worse that we make sex into a negative thing that people have to be ashamed about. So on top of the, the feeling of violation you feel from another person, you also then have to be like embarrassed that it happened to you. You know, you know, and it's like we don't talk about that enough because we're so focused on obviously the perpetrator and the person who committed the violation. But part of it is we have to stop teaching our kids that if they have sex or lose their virginity or have sex with the wrong person or have too much sex or all the things that we shame people for that they are lesser people for that yeah. or if right? you want like to sex is just sex if you want to post naked photos of yourself on the internet yes and it's like the only reason why a person would be ashamed of that is because other people make them feel ashamed. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, back in the day, like, I think this is getting a little better now. Like, like sex tapes are almost like blase now. Like everyone has a sex tape or whatever. But, you know, people w back in the day, like you would get so shamed. And Kim Kardashian is a perfect example. Like she had sex with her boyfriend on camera. Right. It wasn't even it wasn't even ambiguous. Like this was someone she was dating and people to this day make fun of her for that luckily she doesn't seem to care anymore but but you know it's just ridiculous that anyone would think wow it's so shocking that a person wasn't would have that sex with their wasn't <laughs> that like a, a, a stunt or something wasn't that planned well people accuse her of that because people will accuse a woman who sexualizes herself of all kinds of improprieties simply because they can't stand the fact that the woman is like embracing her sexuality, right? Okay. So, I mean, yes, there's a lot of people who would say like, oh, Kim, you know, Kim Kardashian came up on a sex tape and, you know, maybe she did it on purpose, maybe she didn't, but don't hate her for taking an event in her life and, you know, turning it into an empire. She's a very savvy, savvy businesswoman. Yeah. I'm not going to take that credit away from her. 
you know how many people can take a an, an incident like that and turn it into you know a global empire that's probably going to feed her family for generations to come yeah so but uh, you know and and just the idea that like the only and it's funny because she made that money off of the fact that we're all so shocked that a couple would be having sex on camera yeah as if we don't all do it <laughs> like I'm sure I mean I, you know I do I am surprised sometimes when people are um, people say that they haven't like they haven't filmed themselves but I think more people than you than 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 you would imagine do that film themselves I guess yeah it's too easy everyone's got a phone with a camera on it these days you know yeah so I mean, I could talk about this forever. This is getting a little long. We should, we, we could save it. I, I mean, to me, like sex tapes are a whole other thing. <laughs> so. We should, we should have right. an, uh, an episode about that. Okay, let's do that. Right. Um, but we should close this episode out with a tarot card again. Yeah, let me get it. You know what? Today, yeah. uh, I had a tarot reading. Oh, from a real, <laughs> from a real reader. That's from awesome. a real reader. Yeah, it was amazing. Are you willing to share it with us? Um, we should, we should, I'd rather hear about that from the real tarot card reader. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> no, I, I liked her because. You know, that feeling when you feel that the person knows you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And the cards were amazing, and her interpretation was amazing as well. So, and did she did you know her before? No, no. I asked. Actually, I posted on Instagram asking for um, uh, contacts that people had, and actually, I was surprised to know that so many people had someone to 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 recommend. And mm-hmm. I ended up choosing this lady and um, it was amazing. I felt like she knew me. She was so witty and her voice was so soothing. And it's that, like I felt like her interpretations were super on point. I really liked it. Is there anything that you can share with us? Um, it's private. Yeah, so she said that uh, I'm going to enter a time of stability, which is amazing. (laughs) And um, so now, basically, in general lines, it's like, okay, I've been getting to know a lot of stuff, but now is the time to really, like, settle down, recognize... Uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and to, like, really to, not to plant stuff, because I've been, like, planting, but to really cultivate, and not, like, do not start something new, I was talking about career, uh, because I was thinking of a career shift, and it, it was, like, just take what you know, and go from there, like, don't try to start from, from scratch, so it was, and other things that were more specific, but I won't tell here. But it was really good. Okay. Cool. I didn't know you were thinking about a career shift. Kind of. But 
the card that I got for that was temperance, so <laughs> it's not the moment. Okay. Can you hear the um, rain? I can't. It's raining? A lot. A lot. It's snowing here. We have our first snowstorm of the winter. Oh, my God. Which I, is crazy because we skipped summer. Yeah. No, you know what? I don't... I'm not a Christmas person. I don't have any Christmas decorations. I've never had since I've been living by myself. And uh, I got some this year because I felt the need to mark the time. Because I was so lost in time. And then when I realized that it was Tay's birthday... And I have many, many friends that have their birthdays in December. And I was like, no, that's not possible. I actually forgot all their birthdays on the day because I was like, no, it's not, you know, like I couldn't get into my mind that it's December. So now I have a Christmas decoration. It's tiny, but I look at it like and I focus on it every day to see if I can get into my head that it's December already. I feel that, too. That's why I kind of like the fact that it's snowing right now. Yeah. It's like I, I'm still in denial because I never really got to go outside with shorts on and go surfing and all the oh. things that I wanted to do. In yeah. The summer. Yeah. You have the seasons so. that are more like defined than here. Here we really we don't have. But the I seasons. miss Christmas in, in Brazil. No. Why? Because it's so it's it's more social and it's like fun. So I, I remember the first time I spent Christmas down there. My friends were like, oh, come over for Christmas. And I and I said, sure. And I thought I should go in like the evening or something. And they were like, yeah, come at 10 p.m. And I thought that was the weirdest thing. I was like, what do you mean 10 p.m.? Like, what are we going to do? And they're like, oh, that everyone's coming around then. And when I got there, I was like the first person there. So it turns I didn't realize that like they did a whole countdown. It was like New Year's. Yeah, it's like New Year's. But Year. it was Christmas. Yeah. Right. And here it's not like that at all. Here it's like you stay with your family and like you don't really see friends the day of christmas you know yeah here i mean sometimes people like have dinner with their families and then after they go to meet the the friends but usually i feel like christmas is more family and uh, new year's is more friends christmas christmas here would be the equivalent of your thanksgiving i guess you know everybody goes it's, home it's well, yeah, I guess. But you know what it is, is that I was with a family that treated other like friends. It was like family and friends were like the same thing. Like they spend family days together and holidays together, you know. Mm -hmm. So it felt like a friend party. Mm -hmm. But but it was very like it was like a party atmosphere. Like mm -hmm. we counted down. We drank at midnight. We ate the whole night. And in and in um in the U.S. it's like. I mean, starting from when you're a kid, especially if there's children around, you try to get the kids to bed so you can like set up the fake Santa stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and they're supposed to be like, um, it's very, it's more, you know, intimately small, I think, depending on your family tradition, but it's not like a, it's more wholesome, I guess. Okay. It's less about being like boozy and having fun. It's more about like making the kids feel like it's special and Santa's yeah. going to come and give them presents. And stuff, yeah. yeah. 
Okay, so are we ready for the card? Yes. <laughs> now you heard the thunder. <laughs> yes, I did. Yeah. It's like an omen. Yeah. So it's it's the it's a special sound effect. Yes. So we got the emperor, which is actually we are using a cat tarot deck. So the emperor is this really really huge and fat and and hairy white cat and he has a collar what do you call is it a collar a collar yeah so that's the emperor so worn with the right attitude even a cone of shame can be a crown <laughs> <laughs> so the emperor holds all the cards with absolute authority after all a cone only prevents cats from biting themselves everybody else is a fair game but power must be used <laughs> responsibly. And the card reminds us to exercise serious self-control. Master yourself and destiny will follow. I like it. Is it warning us that we're like too boss for our own good? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Um, cool. I'll think about that one. Yeah, I like uh, that. Yeah. Well, it was good talking to you. Yes, it was amazing. So next um, week we is Christmas already, but we can... I think Christmas is next Wednesday, or no? No. Thurs Thursday is Christmas Eve, I believe, and then Friday is Christmas Day. Okay. so but it's already Hanukkah. Yeah. We'll be back, guys. If yes. not, if not before Christmas, the then after Christmas. Yeah. Write to us on Anchor. Uh, tell us what you think. And yeah, that's it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.